We are in Doctrine and Covenants, section 23 this morning. And um, so many of these verses say the same thing and um, start the same. And one of the things that I thought is we could look at kind of the differences. And that would point out some of the things that it's trying to say and similarities. So the first is these five men came and the church has been organized and they want to know their duty in the church they want to know what their part is and i find that so sweet like okay so oliver's the first counselor you're the prophet what is my job what does the lord want from me and again i just love that willingness to be used and i think that's so sweet so we start off with Oliver and kind of cool that Oliver's asking too. Okay, I'm the first elder, but what does that mean? Okay, well, the big thing in Oliver's that's different than anyone else's is it says to beware of pride. Because I thought, holy cow, obviously this is something the Lord points out again and again for Oliver. And it was something he really needed to hear again and again. It would have been his privilege to stand with the prophet Joseph Smith through all time and eternity. His mission was to stand shoulder to shoulder holding the keys of salvation for this dispensation. And he lost that because of pride. And um, I just think that's a great example for me um, that I need to really watch that and be super careful and um, just really guard against trying to being humble enough to acknowledge what I don't know and and not worry if I feel like I look stupid in front of people it just doesn't matter okay um I do love that it says make known thy calling so that to me says go and tell people you're the first counselor in the to the world and your heart will be open to preach the truth and tell them about sitting as scribe to Joseph Smith. Tell them about the getting the priesthood. Tell them about the formation of this church. Tell them what your experience has been. And, and I really love that, that he's called to do that. Make it known. That isn't a pride thing. That isn't bragging. I'm the first counselor in the, you know, to the prophet Joseph Smith. That's witnessing to the church what you have seen in this formation of this great church. And so I love that. Okay. Um, I think it's interesting um, that Oliver's does not start with thou art blessed and under, no, it does. Okay. Four of them start with under no condemnation. And that really struck me because the Lord, when you're under no condemnation, he's not saying this is what I condemn you for. He's warning. And so that was this with pride. He isn't, he's just saying in the future, this could be a real problem for you. So you better guard against it. And so I love that he starts with all of them the same. You are under no condemnation. I'm not bawling you out. I'm not pointing out things you've done wrong that you need to repent of. And so I think that would be peace for me, a message of peace. I'm not condemning you, Aaron. Just watch for this. And as you read your patriarchal blessings, he gives us plenty of things that he's that he's given us his gift, but he also gifts, excuse me, but he's also given us warnings and, and it just makes me feel I should probably go read mine again. Um, Hiram Smith. So again, it's that starting with you are under no condemnation. 
Um, but then the thing that I love that he does for Hiram, that he does for Samuel, and that he does for Joseph Smith Sr. is he says, your duty is to the church forever. And he says this to Hiram, but you could insert it for Samuel and Joseph Smith Sr. It's not there. This because of thy family. And what so struck me with that is they have, since the age of 14, of Joseph Smith's age of 14, been a family that has endeavored for Joseph Smith to get the plates. And if you read Lucy's history, she talks about them gathering so excited to hear Joseph Smith tell of being taught by the angel Moroni, tell of things he learns. And other prophets came and talked to him, Nephi and Alma, and that he doesn't even know. He hasn't even translated the plates yet. Yet they come and teach him and prepare him for this. He has been schooled and taught by prophets and he will come home and teach his family and tell them what he learned. And I just love that it was a family affair. Um, I think it's interesting when Joseph Smith was translating one day and he had gotten into an argument with Emma and you'll all remember this story and he goes to translate and he can't and he can't and finally he knows he has to go and make things right with Emma. He has to go and apologize. It doesn't even matter if it's his fault or her fault. Um, he just has to make sure there's no contention. And my sister was reminding me this morning um, of President Nelson and Wendy Nelson talking about that he can't even watch anything with any violence in it. He has to so make sure that his life is attuned to the spirit. And that means it's a family endeavor. That means their wives, their children, all of them have to make sure that the spirit is in the home. They can't turn on music randomly. They can't watch shows randomly. And I will say as a seminary teacher, I found that. I really had to weed out things that I could not have and replace them with things that were good. If there was anything virtuous, lovely, or of good report or praiseworthy, we seek after those things. And these people, these leaders of the church, starting right here, made sacrifices to have that happen. And so it really touches me that Hiram, Samuel, and Joseph Sr., it all says that it's a family affair because they all sacrificed and did what they could to help Joseph Smith. And we really, that Smith family was, can you have any doubt that Joseph was sent to his father and his mother for a specific reason, that siblings came for a specific reason, that Emma was picked as his wife for a specific reason. We all know that. Even saying that, you know, everybody knows that. It's true. Okay. Um, and then we get all of them. It says they're under no condemnation. They are to exhort. And I looked up the word exhortation. And exhortation is to urge to do something strongly. Um, to warn or give advice. And so I think these, the thing that struck me with that is because it has been a family affair, they have known the sacrifices. They have known the things that they have needed to do to have the spirit in the home so Joseph could get the records, so he could translate. They know. So they are the perfect people to stand and warn the church and exhort them and caution them and to strongly urge them what to do to have the spirit's guidance in their life. And so I really loved that for all of them. And it says in all of those forever, 
henceforth forever. Amen. That's your job. It's been your job since he was 14. It will continue to be your job. And the thought I did have of that is how strongly I'm sure people listened to these people that were his family members who had made this sacrifice their whole life. And so, of course, people are going to listen. These aren't new members to the church. These are people, even though the church is new, that have been in this endeavor for 11 years with Joseph Smith. And so I loved that. Um, It tells us that Samuel was the third person baptized in this dispensation and one of the first um, to go out, ordained the office of an elder. And he was one of the early youngest to go out and serve a mission. Um, It says Joseph Smith Sr. was so faithful and devoted to his son in the commencement of this marvelous work. And again, we have that record of how emotional he was to baptize his father. His father who knew the true church wasn't on the earth and accepted it as the true church. And really trusted his 14-year-old son and was guided by God and trusted his 17-year-old son had an angel, the angel Moroni, come and helped prepare for that. And I just think it's so touching, that whole thing. It's a family affair. It says so much because it has been and the sacrifices they have made. Okay, Joseph Knight Sr., it's the only one (laughs) that says, um, doesn't say you are under no condemnation. (laughs) And I... I find that interesting because obviously there is a concern. And here is what it says in verse 6. Behold, I manifest unto you, Joseph Knight, by these words, that you must take up your cross, in the which you must pray vocally before the world as in secret. And so those words, take up the cross, um, I looked up what that means to take up the cross, and it said, um, where did I write that? I don't know if I wrote it down. Um... Oh, here it is, right here. And now for a man to take up his cross is to deny himself all ungodliness, every worldly lust, and keep all commandments. And so again, it just goes into the sacrifices that President Nelson has made, all of our apostles have made. Anyone who is trying to have the Spirit in their life and truly follow God does that by exiting out of their life the things that don't bring the Spirit and bringing into their lives things that bring it more. And that's what it said. James E. Talmadge said, The cross to be taken up may be heavy, perhaps dragged because it is burdensome to be borne. Um, it is self-denial, but it also consists of refraining from doing things that we are inclined that that we shouldn't be doing. And so I loved that. Um, it tells us that Joseph Knight Sr. had not been baptized yet. And so taking up the cross was really pledging this commitment to God, was really signifying to God that he was all in. And so I love that. It was given, let's see, um, and then he was baptized. It tells us he was baptized at the time the enemies destroyed the dam in Colesville, Colesville, sorry, following the first conference of the church. And that's actually when Emma was baptized as well. And one of the things that I just heard recently that someone pointed out is that they did not because the dam had been destroyed and they built it up and they were baptized and all of these persecutors were there. They did not, and they arrested Joseph Smith. These people that were baptized right then did not get the gift of the Holy Ghost. They were not confirmed. 
for like a month. Joseph Smith was in jail. And so what a hard, what a hard thing. These people that really, truly did take up the cross. They really are such an example to the rest of us of the sacrifices they were willing to make and really lay their all on the altar and put God first. And so I love in seven it ends. And behold, it is your duty to unite with the true church, give your language to exhortation continually, that you may receive the reward of the laborer. And the reason I love that is I feel like we all seek the reward of the laborer. I want to be known as someone um, when I die that God is pleased with the work that I have put in and the sacrifices I have made. And I hope he considers me a laborer by the time I pass away, that I am not trying to think of how to get out of what they've asked us to do, but that like these five men, I am pleading, what would you have me do? What's my role? That's what I want to be. And the blessings that are in store for those who take up the cross and lay their all on the altar and tell the Lord, what would you have me do? I'm all in. So I love that. This was an awesome study of these men and such a great example for the rest of us. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.